Erica Nita Mayor, Women's Learning Division of Adash Shurin, Sunday morning. Parshas Chayesara Tovshin Hey Gimel. Okay, now, as I mentioned, we are. I'd like to discuss something this morning which we have not brought up on the Sunday morning shear, even though it's something we've been discussing in the shul for a number of weeks. I'd like to put it all together here this morning. I'd like to start off with the following Maisa. Maisa is about this. Somebody came to the Maril Diskin. Maril Diskin was one of the, was the God Lador. He died in 1896. He left Brisk in Europe because of a whole hullabaloo that was created around him. By people making up stories. He was in jail. He got out. Sefkachbarfu lets him out. He will go to Eretz Yisrael, which he did. He went to Eretz Yisrael, became the Rav of Yerushalayim. And he was the God Lador. Suffice it to say that the Beis HaLevi said that he didn't write letters, enough letters to the Maral Diskin asking him Shilas because when he picked up the pen and conjured up the image of the Maral Diskin, his hand shook, shook so violently he couldn't write. But talk about a person, it's indescribable. Anyways, so they, there was a Shiloh. The chicken was shechted. Opened up, they found lice inside the chicken. So some people said, is a chicken kosher? So, two Rabbanim Paskin, the chicken's kosher, because nowhere in Shulchan Aruch does it say that if lice are in a chicken, that the chicken's not kosher. That was the Epsaka. So they went to the Maral Diskin, because people still were not sure, they didn't know what to do with this chicken. So they went to the Maral Diskin. Maral Diskin said, open up its head. Cut open the head. They cut open the head of the chicken, the chicken's brain was infested with lice, and the chicken wasn't available. It wasn't kosher, it was a trafer. It was a trafer, excuse me, a trafer. And they said, Oh, this skin, it's Ruach HaKodesh, it's it was a, a nest, and how, how, how did he know? So, Oh, this skin said that's not the pshat. And Berlin Nether, at the end of this year, today, I will try to come back and explain this mice. Let's come back and explain this mice. Now, today's shear is going to be on the issue of das. Das. What do I mean to say by das? Open up the Chumashim, please. Parshas Bereshis first. Open up the Parshas Bereshis. In Parshas Bereshis, there is a Pusik. In Parshas Bereshis, in the beginning of the Torah Kedosha, in Perik Beis, Pusik Chofei. The last Pusik in Perik Beis. But you, Shneem, Arumim, Odom and Chaba were without clothing. What the redundancy here is, I am not sure. And they were not embarrassed. They were not embarrassed. They were not embarrassed. Rashi says, They did not understand the Derech of Tzniyah. You can see Rabbi Rucham Lubavitz speaks about this Rashi, Rabbi Rucham Zatzal. And it, it seems to be Mavur that without Das, without the ability to differentiate, a person does not understand Tznius. I don't remember, does anybody here in the line remember if we spoke about this the last few weeks? I do not believe, I believe we did not speak about this. Correct me if I am wrong. Anybody please unmute themselves and correct me if I am wrong. You remember speaking about this at all, Mrs. Bachrach? No. Yeah, I don't think we spoke about it. 
Tzniyas requires das. Now, Tzniyas is also a big problem that people miss labeled Tzniyas. Tzniyas has nothing to do with length of clothing. That's a part of Tzniyas. But Tzniyas is, don't bring attention to yourself. Driving into a parking lot with a car that costs $200,000 and it's hot purple is a person who's not a Tzniyas, man or a woman. You're bringing attention to yourself. A man who walks into shul with a $5,000 suit is not a tsunua because he's bringing attention to himself. A woman who dresses improperly, who wants to shout, look at me, is bringing attention to herself, is not a tsunua. That's tsunias. Tsunias means to be nechba, like Kalim, like the, tyrant, like the Navi says about shul, not to bring attention to yourself. If you don't have das, if a person doesn't have the ability to think, then a person cannot fathom the depth of tznius. That's what it says here. Can't fathom the depth of tznius. Can't do it. Doesn't work. Can't fathom the depth of tznius. Now, I want to give you an example. Two examples which are current, unfortunately. They're both current in this country that we have lived in now for centuries that's been nicer to Jews than any other country in the history of the world. There are two things that were on the ballot last week during the election. They're constantly being talked about. And they both have to do with the Nyonet Tznius. And that is, there's a raging question in the country and in the world. Who owns, I'm going to be very, um, not a graphic, I want to be very straight and open. Who owns a, a fetus that's inside a woman's body? Who owns a fetus? So, there are many people in this country, millions and tens of millions of people in this country, and say it's a woman's body. She can do with what she can do with her body what she wants. Then there are other people who say, you can't. What does halacha say? What's the halacha if a man, even mistakenly, hits a woman and she has a miscarriage? Who gets paid the money for the damage that was done to the woman? So normally you would say, if somebody breaks somebody's arm, they have to pay the woman, because they broke her arm. But here in this situation, the Torah says that the vlados, the embryo, is owned by the husband, not by the woman, and they have to pay the husband, not the woman. That's a tremendous tumult. Why? It's a Now, whether the man owns the embryo, the vlados, or the woman owns the vlados, and the loss of value because of the loss of the embryos goes to the man, not to the woman, to the woman, not to the man. There's one thing that the country is missing. And that is ownership of the, I'm using these words because these are the halachic terms here, ownership of the vladois inside the woman has nothing to do with whether or not you're allowed, you're allowed to do an abortion. It's a tremendous mistake in this country. Who owns the Vladois? And ownership, does ownership give you a right to destroy the Vladois have nothing to do with each other? There's an Issa Daraisa to destroy those Vladois. And by Goyim, anybody who does an abortion is Chayim Issa. It's a fairish, nobody argues. The world doesn't want to hear about this. They don't want to talk about this. And even the issue of Rahmanul Islam, a woman becoming impregnated through, through incest or through rape, 
It's 1%, maybe 1%. Abortions in 2020, I checked, 600,000 abortions in this country. The reason there aren't more than that is because we all know everybody's on birth control. 600,000 abortions. 1% is from rape and incest and where the mother's life is in danger. Which means, out of 600,000, 6,000. 594,000 abortions are done because... The baby conflicts with my pleasure. Nobody talks about that. It's because nobody has das. Das is something that's required to sneers. Get to the issue. 594,000 abortions in this country in one year because people regret that they became pregnant. And that's a reason to kill somebody. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And nobody wants to address the issue. The sound bites and the screaming about the mother's life. Stop it. Take care of that issue with 6,000 babies. And go figure out what to do. But what about the other 594,000? Woman's rights. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. We know what the extension of that is. Go to a hospital and they say... The nurses can't tolerate keeping this person alive and therefore we're not going to treat the person anymore. Because the nurses can't tolerate keeping the person alive because they feel the person's in too much pain. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That's one issue. Second issue. In this country, in this country, United States of America, a 10-year-old child in many states not federal. In many states, a 10-year-old child can go to a doctor and say they want to change their gender. A 10-year-old child without parental permission. That's total insanity. And if you say it, you're considered a horrible human being. How dare you take away the rights of a 10-year-old child to make a decision. In some cases, it's irreversible. A 10-year-old child can make such a decision. That's a person who has no das. They have no das. They have no das to make a decision. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's insanity. We live in a country where the flagship institution of modern orthodoxy has to deal with LGBTQ clubs in their, in their mycin. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I am not talking about having sensitivity to people who are plagued with this. I have as much sensitivity to those people as anybody else. And I've dealt with them. But to publicly have groups for this type of an issue so that children in high schools across the country who don't know what they're doing and don't know what they're thinking and don't know what they're saying. Oh, if this bastion of modern orthodoxy has these groups, so why can't I become one of them? We have parents in this country who say, fine, whatever my child wants, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a ten-year-old. We have a parent in this show whose granddaughter the daughter of Rosh Hashiva, whose husband is running in Kailo, I told you this, he gives birth, and she asked the question that women have asked from time immemorial. Billions of women have asked this question historically. Billions. 
what is the gender of my child? And the doctor and the nurses in a prominent hospital lift up the child and say, you decide the gender. We don't decide the gender. Insanity. Total insanity. Just insanity. Just saying. Now, let's continue. There's a Gemara in Baba Kama. The Gemara in Baba Kama says, Unbelievable Gemara. Ahu Glila. There was a person from Golo, Pashas is a Jew, who came and gave a drush in front of Rabbi Chizah. By the way, Rabbi Sahib, I'm hearing no responses. Everybody's on mute. I appreciate everybody being on mute, but you can unmute yourself to say something. Does anybody have anything to say about what I just said so far? We have iPhone Marsha, Mrs. Goldman from Show, Mrs. Kaplan. We have Mrs. Uh, 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 Mrs. Schreiber, who is 5504, I'm not sure. 872 number, 5504. We have Mrs. Newhouse, I believe, at 95. Am I correct with everybody here so far? Okay, I don't know. 5504, if you wanted to say who you are, we always appreciate identification. Okay, fine. Uh, now, this, this person from the Golo, as I said, I think it's a Jew, came to Rav Chizda and said, when the shepherd, when there's anger towards the shepherd about how he's treating his flock, samusa. The leader is made blind. What does this mean? Rashi says. Unbelievable. When a Kodesh Baruch Hu is, is angry or upset with the leaders of the Jewish people, that's euphemistically speaking. He appoints for them leaders who are not good leaders. What a shreklach punishment. If people are acting in a way that is not proper. The punishment is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu will give them leadership that is not good. Unbelievable. What a pachat. The Oynish for Klai Yisrael is to receive leaders that are not good. I want to tell you something, Rabbi There was a Jew. I was just in Lakewood for Shabbos. I came back late last night. I arrived home. I don't know what time it was. After 12 o'clock, Hashem saying Shir here is one of the things that keeps me going. And the, and you coming every Sunday morning is, is gewaldic. So listen here. There's a Jew who after being a Rebbe for many years in Yeshiva Shabbat Yitzchel and learning in the Mirror Minyan, an awesome, awesome Talmud Chacham. His name was Aaron Kreiser. An awesome Talmud Chacham. Aaron Kreiser. Awesome Talmud Chacham. He, he learned in Shanghai. He went with the whole Mirror Yeshiva. A gigantic Talmud Chacham. He said over, I read recently in a book called Cherished Conversations, that he heard in the public shul, in the main shul of Baranovich, that something very rare occurred. Rabbi Chonan Basiman, who we've all heard of, Hashem Yimkom Doimot, Chonan, the Talmud Mubit, the Chonan, spoke in shul, and he said over the following story. Not a story, he said a vort. That Rabbi Chonin said over in the name of the Chavetz Chaim, what type of generation are we living in? Where the Godel Hador of Chaim Isaac Grzinski, let's get it straight. Rabbi Chonin said over in the name of the Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim said, that what type of door are we living in? When the Godel Hador of Chaim Isaac 
is only able to learn one hour a day. That's a tina on the door. The Reb Chaim Moise, the Gadol door, doesn't have more than an hour a day to learn because people are bothering him. Not the tina on the people. That a Kaddish Baruch was not allowing him to learn. Who was the Reb Chaim Moise Grzynski, Rabbi Isai? Chaim Moise Grzynski was a Gadol door, undisputed Gadol door. Reb Chaim said he was the Nasi Ador in 1931, two years before the Reb Chaim died. During the Depression, the Reb of America offered one million dollars. You hear that? One million dollars if Reb Chaim Moise would come to America. They would raise $1 million if Rechaim Moshe would come to America. You know what it means, poverty? We have no idea what it means, poverty. Rav David Salavechik, the son of the Briskarov, who was nifted recently, and a book just came out about him. You know, we know these stories that people got bar mitzvah and nobody came to their bar mitzvah, and they had a piece of herring and maybe a cracker for their bar mitzvah. The Briskarov son, Rav David Salavechik, when he became bar mitzvah, his father, the Rav of the city, could not afford to buy him filling. Not a new bar mitzvah suit. He couldn't afford to buy tefillin. He borrowed his father's tefillin. When his father went away, he borrowed the dye in Simcha Zelig's tefillin. He borrowed his tefillin. That's the type of poverty. And the Rabbanim offered $1 million to take care of all the yeshivas. People were starving. They had nothing to eat. Literally nothing to eat. And the Chavetz Chaim Paskin, Chaim Moise should not go. Ah, it's a pella. A pella. So Yeshayim, the Chavetz Chaim said, he was too old. He was too weak. He was in his 70s already. He was too weak. He shouldn't go. He shouldn't go. The Rashiva Zatzal said over that Rabbi Rucham Lubavitch said the beer of what the Chavetz Chaim meant was that Chaim Moise shouldn't go is pasnish. He shouldn't go. He shouldn't go. What do you mean he shouldn't go? A million dollars, all the Yeshivas. He was equal to all of Klaus. And therefore, shouldn't go. Pella Mamish. A Pella Mamish. Definitely shouldn't go. Equal to all of Klaus. Pella. Mamish a Pella. Shouldn't go because he was equal to all of Klaus. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. That's where Rabchai Moisa was. Adore. That is not Zoichi. That Rav Chaim Moise should learn for more than an hour a day. The door was not Zoichi. So I want to I make a connection here. A third cousin. Not identical twins. A third cousin. Just like it says in Rashi and Baba Kamo that if Klai Yishol is not doing what they're supposed to do, they'll get Manhigim, who are not Roy, to be Manhigim, Rachman al-Islam. A third cousin of that is, says the Chavetz Chaim, that Reb Chaim Moise was not able to learn only an hour a day. Can you imagine Reb Chaim Moise learned 10 hours a day? That's what the Chavetz Chaim is saying. Reb Chaim Moise learned 10 hours a day with the world would have been a different world. L'toyv. We weren't Zaychel. We weren't Zaychel. We weren't Zaychel. It's a pachet. Then there's a Gemara in the end of Ksubis. The Gemara talks about a lav in the Torah. The lav in the Torah is called shoychad. Shoychad means, anybody know what shoychad means? Everybody said, what does shoychad mean? No? Bribery. The posseg in the Torah is, the posseg in the Torah is about when you take shoychad. Oh yeah. Morris says like this, even a chacham godol, even a chacham godol, and he takes shoychad, ain't no niftam in oilam below smiyas 
he doesn't leave this world below Tiruf Das. This is not of Kufayam and Allah, but Kufayam and Base. He loses his mind. Not loses his mind that he can't compute two plus two. He loses his ability to think straight. It's unbelievable. 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 Rav the great Rav who didn't speak highly about people unless he meant it 100%. Analyzing a person's greatness, he was very, he was strict about that. So one day, he took some bachram from the yeshiva, those people are familiar with Brooklyn, it was a crisp autumn day, a crisp autumn day. And he took some of his talmidim and they walked to Prospect Park. Those people know about Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And in Prospect Park, there's a pond. And the pond was perfectly clear in one of those beautiful, sunny, crisp autumn days. And he said to his Talmudim, now listen to this. never, to my knowledge, never saw the Chazanish. He never spoke to the Chazanish. But he held the Chazanish in the highest of esteem. And when the Chazanish died, he went down to the base medrash, sat on the floor and taught Korea with all the Tamidim. Chazanish. So he went for a walk with some of his Tamidim. I don't know what made him do this. I don't know enough background. I only saw the story. He took his Tamidim to Prospect Park and he showed him the water in the pond that was so clear on this crisp water day. And he already said, this clarity, do you see this clarity? This is the brain. This is the head of the Chazanish. Clear. Clarity. Clear. Das. Das. Then I realized something which I never realized before. Only Beschus of all of you. Beschus of you coming to Shir. Beschus of you making me think. I'll never be able to thank you. Never be able to pay you back. Listen to this. We all talk about Abraham Avinu, Rahman al Sadr was a Levaya here Thursday morning. Abraham Avinu, last Shabbos morning, we spoke about Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu went through all the Nisyainis. All the Nisyainis never changed his mind. Went through all the Nisyainis. What does it mean? He went through all the Nisyainis. So we said, Abraham Avinu, as we all know, was this Maimon, this incredible Maimon in Akadish Baruch, who he told the world, monotheism, everything else he told the world, Akadish Baruch, Akadish Baruch. Then I realized something. What made Abraham Avinu Abraham Avinu? He was on one side of the on the other side. You know what it means? It means Avraham Avinu kept his das. His das was lucky. The fact that there's a world out there, they said, this is okay, and this is okay. Change your gender, do an abortion, do this, do that. LGBTQ, the guns are belt. The guns are belt. We live in a city with a mayor, Achmano Islam. It's a Shrek. It's a Shrek. How do you keep your mind clean? That's what Avraham Avinu was able to do. Everybody was in Avinu, including his father. 
and he broke, he broke with so much avoida, he broke away from the gods of Belshitis, who he was against, he stood up against the whole world, he was on one aver, on one side of the river, and Kulubei was on the other side of the river. It was a raging river with all types of tumma and all types of krumkite. The Ramavina was able to maintain his das. His das was clear. That's what happened with Avramavino. Avada, he was the Maimon against everybody else. But the shot after all that is that Avramavino was the Maimon. Avramavino kept his das. Unbelievable. Kept his das. His das. He kept his das. It's not Shaykh. Not Shaykh. Avramavino kept his das. It's unbelievable. Probably unbelievable. Avramavino kept his das. That's what Avramavino was able to do. Unbelievable. He kept his das. Wow. That's who he was. Now listen to this. Here's a chicken, and the chicken has lies. Chicken has lies. So they go, the two rabbis, and they say, it's okay. They go to the gun, the the moral diskin. This says, chicken has lies, cut open his head. Cut open his head, they find the brain is infested. Lice. So they all say, they all say, Ruch HaKodesh, a nest, Maral Diskin, says the, says, Maral Diskin, no, 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 no. If a chicken has lice, when they opened up the chicken, before they opened up the head, they found the lice, they found some lice inside the chicken. Says the Maral Diskin, is the Haraya that the head was not working. Because the head wasn't able to shake out the lice. The head was not able to shake out the lice. And if the head is not able to shake out the lice, then you know what happens, Rabbi Say. You know what happens if the head is not able to shake out the lice? The brain becomes completely infected. And the bird becomes a trafer. It's not kosher. We live in a world where a person is not able to shake out the dea. And the Deya is able to make an impression. That's what we're fighting. Uh, this is everything we've been talking about for the last number of years. First with the laws with 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 with, 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 with people uh, living a, a, a homosexuality. We said about the airports, the airports with these type of bathrooms and those type of bathrooms and, 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 the, and the pet relief and everything else that's going on, how the belt has changed and after a while it can sink into the head because you don't have the ability to shake out the lice. You don't have the ability to shake out the lice. It's a pacha. Just like we say this week's parsha, yesterday's lady. Just like we say that how in the world did Klal Yisrael have the Messiris Nefesh go back recent to the Holocaust Rachman Lislan and, and, and on the way in the singing Ani Mamin and saying Shema Yisrael. Where did that come from? So all the Balim was to say it came from Avram Avinu's Messiris Nefesh by the Akedah. Avram and Yitzhak, Avram for sure, Arayif once, which means planted, planted deep inside the DNA of every Jew. Deep, deep, deep. 
inside the DNA of a Jew, planted, planted this ability to be most nefesh for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, despite the fact of going through Haras, ahead of on this world, and everything else that happened. Go back to Rabbi Akiva, after the Shabbat Kechem, Bishasi was being killed by the Romans, and the way he acted, it's not shayach to comprehend. And everybody in between, everything we say in Kinnis on Tishimah, all that, where did it come from? It came from Rabbi in our DNA, we have the ability to be moist and effish. So I'd like to add, but that comes from the Nakuda, that, that in our DNA, we have this ability not to be affected by the deus kaisers of the world. Just because everybody's doing it, the marais of society does not mean we have to follow suit. That takes unbelievable amount of goodness. And it also takes clarity. Incredible clarity of mind. You need clarity. Without clarity, you can't accomplish. Can't accomplish. We said that before. Moshe Feinstein, that's all said. Anything he says is Torah because he never learned anything else besides Torah. His brain is not operating because of Dennis the Menace and Superman and Lassie and, and the things, Bozo the Clown. His mind is operating because of Torah. Torah. And the more clarity there is in the world, it means the more Torah there is in the world. Torah is what gives us clarity of vision. Torah. Limana Torah gives us clarity of vision. That's what happens. That's what happens. Clarity of vision comes from Torah. Abraham Avinu attained this clarity of vision. Going all the way from Abraham Avinu, 3,000 years later, to the Chazanish. All of you, the Chazanish, Rav Hutna, Rav Hutna Zazal, being made out of the clarity of his head, the incredible clarity of his mind. It's unbelievable. Clarity. Clarity. person needs clarity. Clarity of his mind. It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. Not Shaykh. Unbelievable. Clarity of his mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What time is it? Okay. I want to tell you one thing. It's a story I saw. I saw the story recently. And it just adds to this concept. You know what happens when a person has clarity of mind? Kaddish Baruch does incredible things for the person. A woman, after the Holocaust, said she was, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years old. She said she wants to marry a Tamachachal. Do you want to marry a Tamachachal? After the war, married Tamachachem. Uh, but you get married, stop building, rebuilding. It wasn't married on And a family, really, whatever family, distant family or friends she had after the war, they told her, stop it. Get married and build a family and go fight her. No. So somebody read her a shidduch. She was, whatever, 20. I don't know how old she was. Somebody read her a shidduch when a man was close to 50 years old. He was a going oiler. His name was Amatul Pagamansky that tells us that a lot of shaykhs with him, Rav Giftas, that's all. I never really heard of him until I moved to Chicago. I met with tells us Amatul Pagamansky. He had never been married. He was, you know, as I'm saying, he's in his 50s already, maybe late 40s. He was sickly. And the people told him, you can't marry him. You won't have children with him. He's going to die. You can't do it. She says, no, I want to marry Tom so She married him. Six months after they married, he was already very weak. She, he said to her, listen, he said, I, I, I'm going to die. I may die. Whatever, whatever, Lushin. 
He said, I want, to, I want you to know something. I have a brother who was born before the war. And he moved to America. I don't know where he lives. I'm assuming he's not from. And you cannot get married after I die unless you find this brother. So before she had a chance to say anything, he told her, and what you need to do after I die is go to Israel and get her a chazanish and tell the chazanish you were married to me and I'm a brother and the chazanish will help you. She went to the chazanish. chazanish she came into chazanish broken, crying. Chazanish heard her out and chazanish said to her, I'll give you two letters. One to Ramesha Feinstein. I never heard this before. Never heard this before. The Ramesha Feinstein had any shaykhs in the Chazanish. And one to Rav Henkin. I did hear Rav Henkin had shaykhs in the Chazanish, but I never heard about Ramesha having shaykhs in the Chazanish. Okay. So she comes to America to the Lower East Side with these letters for Rav Henkin and Ramesha Feinstein, the place at that time. Henkin was older than Ramesha. And they both tried to find somebody named Pagamansky in America, what they call a needle in a haystack, and they found him. Pelagazach, they found him. What happened? So they found him. They sent somebody to him and said, please come to New York. We have to do chalitza. We'll pay. We'll pay you extra money. We'll give you money, whatever you want. He said, no. Not religious. I don't believe in this stuff. Not, I'm not involved. I'm not involved. So what happened? So she decided, I'll stay in America and I'll see what happens. She stayed in America a few more months. One day she gets a message from Moshe Feinstein, from whoever sent the message, tomorrow we're going to do chalitza. He came. He changed his mind. She goes. They do the chalitza. And the chalitza is over. She turns to her brother. Her husband is going oilam. Her mother had a brother who was not from. She turns to him, why did you change your mind? She asked him timidly, why did you change your mind? Said, I don't know. Finally she got out of it. Said, Tell you the truth. A few nights ago, a person came to me in a dream. A rabbi. I don't believe in rabbis. He came to me in a dream and he smacked me across the face. He smacked me across the face. And it hurt. And he told me, give your sister-in-law chalitza so she can be free to get married. And I tell you the truth, I'm superstitious. And it hurt me, the slap. So here I am. That's why I did it. So I don't know if this part of the story also a little strange to me. This is 19, uh, whatever, 49, 50, 51. And she ran around in the office over there, wherever the office was, and somebody had a picture of the Chazanish. In those days, I never saw a picture of the Chazanish. It's not common. Anyway, she had a picture of the Chazanish. Shows, she shows it to him. He says, yes, that's the rabbi. That's the rabbi. But in the picture, he looks much softer than he looked in my dream. She goes back there to Israel, and she goes into the Chazanish, and she tells the Chazanish what happened. The Chazanish doesn't say a word other than smile. Yeshami did say something. A person with clarity of vision has vision to do different things in this world as well. The world is full of people who do not have the das to be mavkin to understand what is sneers, what is murder, what is life. They don't have the ability. They may be very intelligent and gifted intellectually, but they don't have the ability. That's what Rashi's telling us. We are the children of Ram Avinu, of Sari Menu. They, they, as we said, they implanted in all of us this ability, not only to make nefesh, but to have the das, das, to have leaders who have das to tell us what to do when the world is saying that we're crazy for doing what we're doing. Okay? 
We're stopping here. Thanking everybody for coming. We should be Zoycha next week, Bez Hashem Yisbarach. But this year, especially this last day, Safa, Rabbi Aminu, was all because of you. I thank you very, very much. Kol Tov, Rabbi Yisrael Tzlacha Rab. Thank you, Rabbi. Kol Tov.